The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here, and this is my podcast, my weekly show where I bring to you my thoughts and perspectives and ideas about how to live happy and healthy lives. Uh, via my unique brand of Small Steps, I just finished a about a two-minute intro uh, and that just stumbled and went weird and, and just lost complete power of language, so I had to start over. So th- this, is the, this is take number three, technically, but that's, that's nothing. That's minimal. If you're just joining me, uh, that's par for the course, and I'm glad that you're here. And if you have been here before, you kind of know what what roles here. On occasion, I'll bring in somebody to to interview, but mostly, I'm just kind of talking here. And I do that because there's first of all a lot to talk about. Second of all, like I talked about last week, it is a, it, it serves best as a reminder um, and and to repeat this message in, in its different incarnations and different subject matter, but the overall message is the same, which is a c- couple big picture items here. Ready? One, I believe it's people serve themselves best when they learn how to really take care of themselves and treat themselves well. I believe as a the, 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 that my small step system does that phenomenally well. So first of all, Learn that it is about treating yourself well. This isn't about beating your body into submission in a spin class because you 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 should you know exercise or just being miserable eating whatever some book told you you should be eating and just being miserable. Okay, I don't think that works long term. Period. And long term, by the way, is the only measure of success in my mind. Anybody can push through something short term. That's that's easy. Do something that lasts years. Now now we're talking. Second big picture item, it takes work. It, there's no quick fix that does, again, the long-term work of this or, the, or achieves any kind of long-term sustainable success. This is work. This is, thank goodness it's work. That's a good thing. And I'm not selling you some just phone it in kind of life. I'm selling you a, you're engaged in your life in ways that you never were ever before. And it, and it is kind of mind-blowing and it feels amazing, but kind of weird. And there's some fear around it. And I think the small steps approach as that I, that you know, my small steps approach does very, very well in that regard as well, which is man helps you manage that fear and manage those kinds of feelings that come up because you're not foisting yourself into the unknown just full body. You're kind of dipping a toe in the in in the pool, getting getting that that got that, feels okay, temperature gotten used to it. Okay, now I'm gonna put a little bit more of the foot in. Okay, now I'm okay, I've got that going on. Okay, now next thing I know my whole foot's in and so on and so forth. I think you get the foot metaphor and the pool metaphor. This is like a double metaphor. Foot being a metaphor for small stepping. Hello, just nailed that one. I nailed that one down. Um, if there are any grammarians listening, uh, yeah, I'll be expecting your gifts soon. It's Monday morning, and it is 8.30-ish my time. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so I've got a big liter of water here. That's what I start my days off with, in case you're wondering. Is a, just a just not a big liter so much as a liter. Because the leader is just what it is, and mine happens to be that size. So I'm sipping on that. I have had no coffee, no tea, no nothing. I will do that for a while, and today is my dial back day. So I will be just drinking some water all day, scattering in a couple, literally two now, because I'm down to two from three espressos, which have less caffeine than a cup of coffee each espresso. Yeah, you heard it here probably for the 10th time if you've just you know been here with me for a while. Like, oh, God, he's talking about espressos again and the amount of caffeine. <laughs> Good night, but I'm glad you guys are here. I really am. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm approaching the 200th episode because this is 197, which is kind of nutty, nut, nut, right? Um, but it makes me th- go like, whoa, 197, going on 200, 200 episodes, 200 times I've come here to talk about these kinds of things. And um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't see... I don't have any plans to stop. I, I, I love doing this. Um, I understand that people listen for a while and sort of get it maybe, and then they 
bail off and go, yeah, got it, good. And I don't expect somebody to just hang here forever. Although there are some people who've been listening from day one and they do get that kind of like, this is the one of the tools for them that allows them to stay engaged week to week. So if I can be a player in that, then by gum, I'm going to be a player in that. Uh, this is an ideas-based podcast. This is a philosophy podcast. I was a philosophy major. I got my bachelor's degree in philosophy. And, and I, I believe that that really did play a huge, profound role in, in how I crafted my approach. And, and even when I went back to school to become a, a certified nutritionist, um, keeping the sort of the philosophical bent there, the, the big picture, looking at through lines and looking, backing out of food particularly and, and trying to craft something that was, was applicable to all areas of our lives. And I, I think that that's been very useful. I, I think that this is the part that I want to play. And then there's a, a so many amazing other tools like books and other podcasts and shows that that deal more specifically with let's say food or exercise or you know smaller combinations of those things and I want to be the person that also you go oh this is great about food oh my gosh so cool let me jump in the approaching the natural small steps world for a minute to see how I want to put this into my life to to see how best for me to incorporate this new knowledge understanding and if you're just joining me this is key that you're not going to come to this podcast because you think I'm going to tell you how to incorporate it. I'm not going to say, eat this many calories of this. That ain't going to happen on purpose. What I'm going to tell you and teach you is how to become that person for yourself, how to know these things almost instinctually as you continue the practice of this, to just know when the line is crossed by you, by you. When you go, I just crossed the line there. I, I took on too much, and it and it's not serving me well. And I'm in charge here, and I'm back and back down because that was too much. That's great information. I'm glad I heard it. I uh, it's awesome. I now I all know everything about protein. Okay, but now this is my life. Now, now we're really talking about my life. So what am I? What am I willing to take on that's going to be good for me? And knowing that that could be a huge amount comparatively, that's your small step, or a very tiny amount comparatively, and that's your other small step. So. Again, I have to mention every week, biggest misconception. I'm just doing this every week now because I would mention it on occasion and then I'd still somebody would go like, well, I can't small step this. Small stepping is a mindset. It is a philosophy of living. It is is an approach to your life such that a small step is anything that you want to take on in an amount that is minimally stressful to you. Understanding that at certain times of your life, you may be super motivated for a seemingly big shift in diet, exercise, creativity, who knows, but that seemingly big shift is for you at that moment in your life, in the context of your life, a small step for you because you're doing it in a way that is sustainable, literally sustainable. Now that that word sustainable and literally are overused. So I've got, that's a double sentence there, uh, double word, you know, overuse. Um, but but you you're doing taking this on in a way that is sustainable. I had to say it again, in a real way, long term, and therefore it is a small step. If it it is not a small step, it means that it's too much. You're you're drawing on willpower. You're gonna burn yourself out and stop doing that thing. Then that's not a small step. Now that, does that happen on occasion with small steppers? Sure. Because we don't get it right 100% of the time. We don't, we don't take on something, oh, this is the perfect amount that is going to ensure me long-term success. We go, this seems like a good thing. Because here's the, the other power of being a small stepper. At any time, if you feel the overwhelm, and this is what, like I said just a few minutes ago, you get very, very adept at understanding your own life and own self enough to say, you know when that overwhelm's coming. And at any time that that happens, you have the power to back the step back down. That's the another added bonus. You don't have to overanalyze and overthink this kind of, well, what's my first step should be? Now, when I coach people on a private basis, uh, the reason I do it for an extended, extended period of time and the reason why I urge people who listen to this podcast to listen to multiple episodes, you know, to go back and listen to old episodes and kind of get used to this kind of thinking because it's very hard to back back down. And so, 
that's a thing in and of itself because because we under, we ta- I think I talked about it in the last few po- uh, episodes of you know we want this kind of like forward motivate m- m- forward momentum all the time we go well I'm doing one minute so I can't go back to thirty seconds so that would be crazy but it's not crazy because overall you're improving your life even when you make the decision to to decrease a step that's you exercising your power and strength to make your life better. That's amazing. That's because you don't fragment your thinking and partition your thinking into just food. You're thinking of your whole life always as a small stepper and how these things fit into it so that you might need to decrease one area for the betterment of your whole life. That's incredible. And that's the strength of this thing. But that takes diligence and it takes attention and it takes tools like this podcast to remember that day to day because the world says no pain, no gain. The world says you can sleep when you die. The world says no fear, bro. That the world t- talks like that sometimes. And so we're we're bombarded with this kind of achievement ethic of like this is what achievement is. You got to push and push and push and push and die. And kind of don't disagree with that. I just think pushing is in a different way. I see it as a different way. I say, okay, well, it takes engagement and it takes work, but it doesn't take one area of you just beating the crap out of yourself. It means that you're engaged in your life and you are moving your life forward. But in one area, it might seem to somebody else like they're not doing enough or that you're not, you could do more. And it just, I just chuck all that in the, in the freaking trash. I, I've, I chucked it years ago when I began working this way because it, it doesn't help people do what I believe people want to do, which is to build a, a life that is happy and healthy for themselves. That, that it doesn't help it doesn't help them. It might help them achieve the one thing that you know, whatever they're getting, the scale weight, but it doesn't get them healthy and happy. It just doesn't do it. It doesn't do it. And I've proven right over and over again as people so-called fail at diets and other quick fixes because they're not long-term tools. They're not things that help people get the lives they want to live, okay? Woo. I Nothing like a sip of water. Mm. Do I kind of want a cup of coffee? L- a little bit, a little bit. I'm trying to, I'm trying, you know, I'm doing the time-restricted eating, so I kind of start the day at around 11, you know, where I'll have my first espresso around 11 a.m., and I finish eating for the day by 6.37 top. So I'm kind of, kind of in a eight, nine hour window there and I'm in really digging it and it feels great again because I think big picture, I don't think food and food now I can't eat. I think what is this doing for me in the for the entirety of my life and what it's doing for me is my weight is staying perfectly great in the healthy range and digging with almost minimal effort. I'm used to this time-restricted thing now, so it's fine. But my clarity of thought, my energy levels are up. Like, there's just things that I'm going like, oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing this. Oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing this. If you can't remember, oh, yeah, that's why I'm doing this, you're probably going to burn out. Or if the reason you got into it just doesn't seem that worth it, again, time to decrease your step or trying to try time to, you know, re- configure your approach to your own life dig i think sometimes we you know that's that thing of like i've asked clients before because they said well you know for the last 20 years i have you know i I get up and i and i do this this and this and and i and, and and my question without judgment is to say is that working for you because i think we 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 get locked into this kind of like this is what i do the routine of my life and, and we might even have a certain pride around that, except for the fact that like their lives aren't necessarily working the way that they want them to work. And so I want to call everything into question. I want even the things you've been doing for 30 years to say, well, is this working for me? And the answer could be yes, but I believe that it deserves a little look, a little questioning of this. I think this is, this is a, the power of this and the safety of this is that you're not, even if you say like, well, that doesn't I realize now after 30 years, this doesn't work for me. The small stepper doesn't go, oh, now I have to change it immediately today. The small stepper doesn't do that. The small stepper goes, good to know. Now let's get to the work of saying like, okay, well, maybe there are there shifts. How big should those shifts be? How do I minimize the stress of this shift? Maybe I shift other areas so I can continue doing this one thing that I've been doing for 30 years because I actually kind of like it. Fine. You're in charge. Your deal. Okay. I was a guest on 
Howard Jacobson's uh, podcast. It's called Plant Yourself Podcast. I'll leave a, um, um, a link to it in the show notes of today's episode. Howard Jacobson, if you don't know, because I didn't until I met him, uh, is a, and I, I can't remember, anyway, just launched this week. So uh, he is the co-writer of a couple, he's done a, a few actually, but two notables are Whole by T. Colin Campbell, who wrote The China Study. It was his follow-up book called Whole. Howard Jacobson co-wrote that. And also Proteinaholic, one of my favorites, by one of my favorite people, Garth Davis. Um, and so Howard Jacobson co-wrote that. And I, and I had been on his podcast with Matt Frazier to talk about our meal plan, Health Made Simple, which is still rolling, going strong, kind of cool. Nobeatathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. And it really is a system. That's all I'll say about that. Not just a meal plan. Okay. Anyway, so we were on that for that. And, and, and we had a good conversation, but that was, that was sort of the end of things. And that was a, a year ago. Well, then I met Howard in Marshall, Texas. And really hit it off with him. He's got a super dry sense of humor and kind of odd, almost in a way that I was like, wait, is he kidding? I can't, you know, those people who like say something and you go, what the, was that a joke? I don't, and then you realize it was, and you're like, I love this person um, because he's just so dry. But also we, we, we definitely shared like like-minded approaches to some of the nuttiness of what I see as nuttiness, some of the militancy, some of the rigidity that is rampant in um, some of these VegFest worlds. Uh, not everything, but there's that element there that concerns me because, again, when people learn information, my thing is, what are you going to do with it? That's what I want to know because if you're going to ruin your life because of it, then I want to help you not do that if you're open to it. Dig? Okay. Anyway, so Howard and I really hit it off, and he asked me to come on his podcast. So I did, and I will leave a link. I will um, tell you that I... I had to, I'm listening to, I'm almost done listening to it because it was a, a different kind of conversation than, than I've had on, and I've been guest, a guest on many, many a podcast by now. And, and, and this was, um, a very cool conversation and I've, we got some good feedback from it. I don't know what he's heard, but I got some, you know, tweets and some emails and, uh, very cool. Uh, it was a, it was a deep conversation, but, but accessible to, but, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I want you to listen to it because it was very cool about sort of all these things. But one of the emails I got was uh, from a woman who wanted to know the difference between rules and steps because she said she feels locked in by these kinds of things that are, you know, she perceives as rules or things she's doing that become rules even. And uh, so two things I'll say about that. One is that inspired me to do, I, I emailed her back this morning and I know I owe a couple people emails. So just hang, I will definitely email you back. It's been a couple crazy weeks. So it's what it is. I will definitely email you back. Um, <laughs> so my new YouTube video is called rules of the game. And so um, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do the numbers uh, help me to, if you subscribe, I know more people watch than are subscribed. And so um, please subscribe if you're doing it. Just helps kind of that whole deal. Just like subscribing to this podcast, by the way. Um, but inspired that new new video. But I what I told her is that is the is the difference. You know that I've sort of explained in this episode already. But the difference between rules and steps are the main difference is that steps in my mind are well the way that I approach them are things that you craft. They're not rules. Again, it's to me it comes down to a mindset issue. Okay, this is again a mindset. Small stepping is a philosophy of living. It is how you approach your life. Rules often are from books or people who go, "Here's the rules." You know, they kind of come off as rules, like do this thing and then this thing and then this thing, and here's the rules. You can't combine this and this, and if you have any salt or sugar oil, you're gonna die. That's a rule. And steps, on the other hand, while they are based on the same kinds of information are crafted by you, not by me, not by anybody, no, no gurus involved in the small stepping approach. They are fluid and dynamic. They change. They go up and down, as I've said. Sometimes they stay the same. Who makes that decision? You make that decision. Again, the rules, the idea of a rule is sort of this in set in stone law kind of model that I don't believe really works in at least in the health and happiness realm works great in schools here here are the rules you can't hit other people great perfect of course that's a great rule great rule when it comes to your life however in terms of you treating how you treat yourself 
I think steps is a better model. I think it's a step. Even the word step is like implies sort of on its way to something. And what it's on its way to is you living healthier and happier via those steps. It's the fight against militancy. But you can hear this is not the first email I've gotten like this. You understand hundreds uh, over the last few years because this is the thing that makes people's heads explode when they see these, you know, top 12 things and this daily thing and do that every day and the top five thing. The There's very rarely is there context to those kinds of things. It doesn't say, hey, you know, if you miss a day, it's okay. You know, if you can, these are the great great foods to include most days if you can. If you can't, it's, not, it's fine. If you miss a day, no, no, there's no language like that out there. Nobody says something like that. Nobody's providing somebody a, a little bit of a soft landing on these things. They're making people f- afraid, and they're making people feel like if they miss a day where they don't have a freaking blueberry, that they're going to get cancer tomorrow. And I, I, have, I have a real problem with that kind of thing, hence me coming here for 197 weeks in a row, because I because that is... In the top five, see how I did that, of things that that worry me of uh, of in this movement, whatever movement I'm, I'm there's no move, in in the healthy and happy living realm. Okay, in this area, militancy worries me almost above all else. Almost above all else, the one thing of many that small stepping does is when you do it correctly, is fight militancy. When you are truly a small stepper, you will understand that that you're not locked into anything because you're in charge of the step and your steps list. I can speak to this very clearly as a small stepper myself, that there have been times where my steps, I can see them becoming rules. I can see the steps list that I created and crafted becoming sort of in charge of me all of a sudden. It takes on a life of its own where you miss a day and you go, oh my God, oh my, I, missed a, I missed a day. I've gone 72 days and I, now I missed a day. And it's that language that scares me in myself and definitely scares me for, for you guys because that's something that I want you guys to notice when it happens and then act accordingly. Meaning... I'm not trying to make that feeling go away in me. I don't. I know it's there. I, I've talked about it a thousand times. If you're just joining me, I'll say it one more time. I am definitely have a tendency to militancy. There's no doubt about that in my mind. I, I have a history. My wife will attest to that of me just going out the door, no business running on a certain day, and just got to do it because I'm on the training plan. You know that kind of thing. To, to my detriment, you know, completely. Now, what she will also tell you, my my wife Lisa, who you guys will know from the YouTube video is that I've definitely improved. She will tell you that. I'm not perfect, um, but definitely improved. She's like, you definitely improved. There was a tipping point for me just around the time that I crafted this approach, by the way, because I thought this is not working for me. Rupturing my, rupturing my Achilles tendon, breaking my foot, running. This is not working for me. Being militant, not being able to miss a day, not having the freedom of living my own life. It's my life, and I'm supposedly doing these things to to do something that I love, running, to my detriment. It's crazy. I'm not in charge. I am being led around by this stupid freaking training plan on a piece of paper that is not alive, but is completely ruling me. That's not okay for me. And the weird thing is when a steps list that you create starts to take on that kind of life of its own, the small stepper understands that, acknowledges that because of the other tools involved in this practice, like the me, not me game being number one tool in that regard, where at the end of the day you go, you know, when I felt like I couldn't um, have a, you know, a, a bite of French fries because I haven't had a bite of French fries in 70, 7,200 days, uh, you know, that wasn't me. I, I'm the person who can have something a little less healthy in the moment because I'm not militant and rigid. And it's going to be fine. And you, act, and you act accordingly in spite of how you might feel in the moment. Because you know overall, big picture, when that moment is gone, you live the life that you want to live. You had a bite of french fries. Am I saying french fries are good for you? Of course not. Come on, guys. Seriously. They're a little bit good for you. Um, yeah. And on that note, I, it, look, it's fine. I, it's not like fear is a bad thing. Fear is there because it's protected us in our evolution. It's, it's, when we perceive something as scary, that, there's a reason for that. It's because we perceive it as dangerous and our bodies and minds are going to do whatever they can to 
to help us survive in those situations. The problem, if there is a problem, and there is, um, is when we learn new information. New informations come to light, like in The Big Lebowski. When you learn that new information and you don't act on the new information, when that new information in this example actually alleviates technically the fear. Okay, so let's, as an example, I'll use this word you guys have never heard before, so fine, you, you heard it here first. The word is called protein. Have you guys heard of protein? P-R-O-T-E-I-N. Uh, it's a, it's a, it really is a word. I know you've never heard it, but I'm going to launch it here. Please quote me on this and hashtag me on this because I did invent it. Protein. I think it's pronounced protein. Uh, people have a lot of fear around it, obviously, because of ad campaigns and marketing. Fine. God, I got it. I was too. Do you have enough protein? Do you have enough protein? Is there enough protein? Animal protein? Good protein? Bad protein? Is there plant protein? I don't know. Is there plant protein in plants? I don't even. Boom. But then you do some reading. Then you listen to you know Rich Roll's podcast. Then you listen to Matt Fraser's podcast. And you go, oh my gosh, something interesting. Doc, these MDs who've also learned about nutrition and talking cool stuff and nutritionists and here's all this kind of factual stuff and spinach is forty percent protein. All this kind, of, and you go, whoa, that's new information. That's amazing. Now you understand rationally. I don't need to feel fear about protein at all. It's a non-issue at all. Whoa. Now, here's, the, here's that moment because you then re-engage in your life. You're up against MDs who aren't trained in nutrition, who didn't take it upon themselves to learn nutrition, telling you you got to be careful about protein above all else. There's a plenty of nutritionists and dietitians out there still waxing crap on that, on that end too. Did you have enough protein? Did you get, make sure you got enough protein? Good sources of protein. I mean, I talked about a dietitian that I talked to through a month ago, who just was like, here's protein, 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 these proteins, pea protein, brown, you know, it's all this crazy stuff. But now you know it, but yet you're, you, you, you come across that kind of thing because it's so prevalent in the world. And even though you know better, you still feel the fear. So what do you do? You don't try to make the fear go away. You have to understand what you are up against in this situation. You're up against the the scales are tilted way more toward the marketing and the advertising because they are in the phone that is in your hand. They are on the computer screen in Facebook and Twitter. They are everywhere. And then you've seen this maybe on two podcasts, but that's not as much as the other thousand hours of stuff that is hitting your head and in your doctor's office and when you least expect it. I mean, everybody's a freaking nutritional expert. I mean, I just did a retreat at the Stanford Inn and, uh, you know, this I'm teaching and I'm talking about fruit and high carbohydrates and all these amazing things. And she goes, well, my friend told me that I should never eat fruit because of the sugar. And I'm like, is your friend a nutritionist or a dietitian? No. Okay. But everybody's a freaking expert. Everybody's an expert. And I go, okay, well, I you know, because of diabetes and because of weight gain, she says. I go, okay, well, I eat more carbohydrates than this entire room combined. Am I overweight and do I have diabetes? I eat, I'll eat 10 bananas in a day, no problem. Do I, do I have diabetes or, or am I overweight? Do I have heart disease? Do I have anything? No. Okay, well then, maybe there's something else to this. But the fear doesn't necessarily go away right away in that situation. You understand? Because when this woman goes back to her life, people are going to make comments to her that she didn't even ask for, and she's going to have to field a barrage of, of comments for potentially the rest of her life, if, especially if she does something slightly different like eat fruit. Oh, it's so crazy eating fruit. I mean, just insane how insane it is to pick an apple and eat an apple. It's crazy. An apple a day does not keep the doctor away. An apple a day makes you fat and, um, and gives you diabetes. Obviously, obviously. What do you do in that situation? You don't, you, you understand it. You just understand it. You understand that the fear's there for a reason. The fear's there for a reason because that's what marketing and advertising are good at and making you feel like you need something or that you're gonna be, you're gonna die if you don't have something that's amazing. You'll buy what they're selling if you're scared out of your pants. But when you know better, you don't address the fear, you let it go, but you understand the action of you in that moment. That is the me, not me game. That is when you say, yes, I feel this fear. I understand it rationally. And you don't, and you go one step, big step further, which is, okay, now what would I do in this situation? That's where the small stepper 
that's where their power, your power lies. Is in that moment where you go, what would I do in spite of this? Well, I would say, even though I'm afraid of this, I know better. And so I'm going to act like the person I am truly, which doesn't act on fear and doesn't act in ways that I know aren't good for me when I know better. And you move on. It should alleviate the fear of this new information. And it, by the way, it will over time. But our responsibility to ourselves and to our families is to push through when we learn something that is now new information that that casts new light on the, the thing that we were afraid of in such a way that we don't need to be afraid of it anymore and understand that we'll still feel afraid of it for a while. We're going to still feel that fear, but we push through. It's a, the responsibility is to ourselves because if we don't, then we then we, we're almost in a worse position. Then we still feel fear and we know we're acting in conflict with who we are. And that's worse than just being afraid and, and acting. We now know better and we're still acting. That's a rough place. That is cognitive dissonance. That's that place where you know better, but you kind of separate yourself from that knowledge and continue to act in a way that does not serve you. And that's a real rough place to be in on a very physical stress and mental stress level. Very, very real. So you push through. How do you push through? Well, you say, I'm going to begin taking little steps to get myself out of this hole. And that's how the small stepper, uh, uh, you know, keeps on keeping on. Dig? Okay, good. I got a few announcements. Yeah, whoa, just getting to announcements. Let me whip through these. This will take no time at all. I run the Wellness Center at the Stanford Inn. StanfordInn.com. We have an incredible full-on retreat in September. Please sign up for this thing. It is so cool. It's cooking classes, nutrition classes, optional trail runs, gardening. It's just like super fun. It's mellow, plenty of time to relax, but these great classes, right? Okay, small stanfordin.com. Go to sidgarzahillman.com to find out more about me, uh, my work privately with clients, although I'm kind of shifting away from that a little bit. I'm still kind of doing it. If you are interested, let me know. I'm ta- I take on literally not more than one client at a time. That's just the way it goes. Um, but you can also donate to the podcast through my website, which I thank you for people who've done that. I just got one yesterday. You guys are awesome. You can buy Approaching the Natural merchandise like my Nutty Nut Nut shirts. Just sent one to England. So Nutty Nut Nuts in England now, which is amazing, uh, or should be by now, um, and yeah, you know all that kind of stuff. So here's where I'm going to be. August 26th, 27th, I'll be in Durham, North Carolina. September 16th and 17th, I'll be in Los Angeles for the, um, well, far, so Durham, Triangle Veg Fest, triangleveggefest.com. September 16th and 17th in Los Angeles for the California Veg Fest, cavegfoodfest.com. Just announced, um, I will be in San Francisco for the World Veg Fest on October 1st. That's, I think it's worldvegfest.com. I didn't write the URL down because I'm not good about that. But if you search on World Veg Fest or San Francisco Veg Fest, it's the one I'm speaking on October 1st. I will be in Portland October 14th and 15th for the nwveg.org slash vegfest, the, the Northwest Veg Fest. And it looks like I will be in... Costa Mesa, I talked to the organizer. They want to have me down there. I don't know the details for sure yet, but October 28th and 29th in Costa Mesa, California, SoCalVegFest.com. So what I thought was going to wrap up my year in Durham, I now have one, two, three, four more speaking engagements before the end of the year. Kind of cool. So yeah, I'm going to be uh, getting down to SoCal twice and the Bay Area and 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 uh, Portland. Kind of cool, yeah? And, and yeah, and then North Carolina. My new book is Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family due out in stores and online September 19th is the published date on that. So keep your eyes open. It is available for pre-order on Amazon. I would dig it if you would pre-order because it helps the numbers. It's all about numbers, you guys. Does it exhaust me? Yeah. Um, So yes, it exhausts me. Short answer? Yes. My new company is, um, I always say this every week. It is still in the works. I'm still making corrections. I've got people testing it, so I'm just changing a few things. But just emailed the programmer this morning. He and I are supposed to get together this week. And what it will involve is a series of emails to my mailing, to the SidGarzaHillman.com mailing list because I haven't launched the actual site yet, um, which when you're on that site, you'll be able to join a mailing list there too. Even if you don't sign up for the program yet, um, there will be offers and things like that happening. But at SidGarzaHillman.com, 
sign up on my mailing list. Uh, please do it. I, I, I've seen people, they've been doing it, so it's good. But if you haven't yet and you're kind of like, oh, I got to do it because you're going to get a series of emails. There'll be literally three or four. Won't be a big deal. You guys know I don't over email. I've never done a newsletter. I should, but I don't. Basically, it's like new podcast up, that kind of thing. Um, I could be totally better about that now that I think about it, but I'm not. It's, it blows my brain up. I can't deal with it. Um, <laughs> so sign up for the mailing list. On that note, you get a free chapter of my first book, Approach the Natural Health Manifesto, but you'll get the announcements of the launch for this, which will be minimum 50% off what it takes to generally sign up for this thing. The reason is, is because I want a group of people to start it, get into it, it's ready to go, but of course there's always gonna be tweaks, so the payoff, the trade-off is you guys get 50% off-ish, maybe even a little more, and in return, if you see something like a typo, or you go, hey, it would be cool if you did this, or I tried to do this and I couldn't do this, then I you can shoot me an email and I get to know that, um, because uh, then I can fix the site as we go, right? Kind of cool. Okay, so that's how that goes. So SidGarzaHillman.com, put yourself on that mailing list ASAP because that thing is going to be happening pretty darn soon. Okay, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Okay, so, so my music step, just touching in, I started, I recorded the new song and started shooting the music video, which you'll see a little bit of that in the new YouTube video, which is some behind the scenes. My kids are helping me shoot the music video, which is pretty fun. Um, my, my son actually did some camera work. My daughter was like, like, uh, cueing some of the music. And then my oldest daughter, Luna is actually co-directing the video with me. She's coming up with ideas for some of the, some of the shots. So it'd be fun. It's just like a fun project. <clears throat> Am I a little nervous about it? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know why, because it's the first, well, I do know why it's the first kind of music I've put out in a while. And, uh, it's been a long time and I, and it, so it's even that plus a music video, I'm feeling all those things come up. And it's very interesting. And because I'm a small stepper, I'm going, you know what? Ain't the end of the world. It's making me happy. The process is making me happy. If people don't like the video, it's sort of like once I put it out in the world, it's what it is, right? Okay. One more super practical note about small stepping, okay? And I want people to understand this. When you have a lit, a small steps, a steps list, what I call a steps list, a fit, fit physically written out, very important. I said it last week, very important, physically written out or on a phone, but I mean, you know, written out, not in your head. Understand that at any time, and I, I always advise clients to sort of check in weekly <clears throat> with their list. They're doing the things on their list, but once once a week to sit down for, I'm not kidding, two minutes, and just go step by step and go, okay, that's working, that's working. I can probably increase that one. I can decrease that one. That one should stay the same. It's a, it's a, you, get into the, you get used to it. It's like a quick little check-in thing that you do on the list itself. <clears throat> to see where adjustments need to be made, if any. And, and at any time, it's 100%. And most weeks, I would say you leave everything as is. They're sort of working and it takes a while to get something inked. But with that said, if you feel stagnant or you feel like, oh, I want to, you know, I feel like I should I toss that right in the trash. But if you go, I want to move, I want to move something. Understand that your increments increased, increasing increments can be very, very minimal. So minimal that it's almost like, oh yeah, I could totally. So for instance, if you have a four deep breaths in the morning uh, step, you don't have to go from four to eight just because you want to increase that step. You can go to four to five. If you do a minute of journaling in the morning, that's your step. You don't have to go from one minute to five minute. You can go from one minute to one minute and 15 seconds. I'm not kidding. I'm never kidding about steps, just so you know. I always have to say that because people go, oh, that's stupid. In your mind, you might think one, one minute to one minute, 15 seconds. You have to understand the long-term process of this to understand why that is absolutely important and relevant to know because it's a way that you're, again, testing the waters here. You're pushing it. Now, is it okay to leave it at one minute? Again, I cannot stress that enough. I don't want somebody to get locked into like, okay, now I have to improve it every week. I have to increase something every week. You absolutely don't. But know that if you decide you want to increase, it doesn't have to be a very big increase to, to create momentum in that direction. And understand this too. You don't have to change things once a week. You can change something every day or every two days. You, you get more in touch with how you feel about these steps, the better you get at being a small stepper. You understand the practice of it all. So in other words, 
if you go from one minute to one minute, 15 seconds on your journal, two days later, you're going to go, this is like easy. This is nothing. Okay, great. Bump it to a minute and a half. Bump it to two minutes. I mean, then you, you get kind of in touch because you're in a constant conversation with yourself about your own life. That's how cool this is. You're in, in as busy as you can be, you're still engaged in your life day to day and in touch with how you're feeling about things. Or you might go minute, 15 seconds is stressing me out. I just kind of dread it. Then bring it back to one. I mean, that's the fluidity and dynamic nature of this process, as I said before. Dig? So very practically, you don't have to make big jumps in your improvements. You can make weird, you can go one minute, seven seconds. There's no rules. Dig? Rules? Got it? There ain't no rules about this. You're in charge. You make it happen the way that works for you. Got it? There's the liberation of this. Okay. On that note, subject to this week's podcast, filler up. I want to talk about gas stations. I don't want to talk. I'm ch- ch- kidding. I don't want to talk about gas stations. Why would I? Why would I? Because fill her up. Um, I want to talk about living a full life. And here's here, here's what I mean. This this happened when um, I think Saturday night. We usually we have like family night Saturday night, and there was a horse thing um, this weekend. My daughter had a horse show. Uh, and so I was in, you know, I kind of went solo. Lisa and I usually co cook on the weekends, but she was like, I got to deal with, you know, the Luna thing. Can you handle dinner? And I was like, sure. So I did this, this big barbecue. It was really fun. Like I did like corn on the cob and grilled zucchini. And, um, I made this really good coleslaw and I, uh, barbecued some like big slabs of tofu. And it was, it was good. It was like a really good dish. Um, really good food. And so, uh, but I was eating and I ate a lot just because sometimes on Saturdays, I'm just like, it's my one day. It's like, I'm just going to eat a lot on Saturday nights. <laughs> what it was, that's the thing. It's like my undial back day. <laughs> so, or the reason why I have a dial back day. I didn't like go crazy, but I, I ate till I was full. And it just had this feeling in the moment, how great it is to feel full. You know, like you eat, like it's so great to feast sometimes, you know, where you're sitting down and you eat and you're just like, you're not, there's no, I hate portion control. You know that guy. So I always eat a ton. Um, of, of volume, but just not calories. But this was more caloric. Although I will tell you the best way to eat corn, I'm not even kidding, corn on the cob, lime juice and a little sprinkle of salt is freaking incredible. This guy at work, Ricardo at the Stanford, he's a manager of the restaurant. He goes, no, just squeeze a little lime juice and salt. And I was like, holy crap, that's the best thing ever. Um, and, you know, no oil, like how green, no butter, like great, um, with zero decrease in satisfaction. <laughs> so, but I'm sitting there and I'm like noticing how just good it feels to feel full, to feel that level of satisfaction. And I guess what I want to talk about this week is is to draw attention that that is there's a reason why that feels good. I mean, on a physical level, you're being fed in theory, nourished if the food is of of quality of that has stuff in it that makes your body run well. But it feels good, and I think that we are all of us longing for a feeling of full, to feel fulfilled in our lives, to have full lives. I think we want to maybe look back at the end of our lives and say, I lived a full life. And what does that mean? What what does that mean? Well, I think a full life means it's rich in experience. I think that it's rich in our family lives, our work lives, our professional lives, our non-professional, but you know, things like for me, like music, all these kinds of things that add to a, a, a real feeling of fullness that I think that in the absence of that, we we maybe want to fill it up with food, just put it out there, right? Like you, like you, you know, you you don't have necessarily the full life that you want, and so you still, you know, crave that feeling, and so you're going to fill it wherever you can, which sometimes is going to be maybe in the food realm. We want a full life. We want a full life, and I think that you know, and this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but just you'll see how I kind of whip it around in sort of the the person that overthinks and overanalyzes. And I've definitely been there myself, like overthinking every step of the way. And I think that that when we when we look at our lives and say, I'm, I'm, we overanalyze and over... I've done a podcast episode called The Great Overthink because how much overthinking something can prohibit us from actually doing anything, right? Even with my music step, like there was a moment where I was like, I can keep thinking about going to a studio and this and that, or I could just record the freaking song and actually do something that I love and gives me joy. How about that? And fills my life up. The overthinking, overanalyzing is, again, I don't think that's 
anything you need to fix or change like the fear issue, you don't need to take that on and go, I need to stop overanalyzing. Well, that's going to just be a whole bunch of problems for you, right? But I think that that maybe is a sign that there are places for you to add into your life. Maybe if you spend a lot of time overanalyzing things and overthinking things, maybe that's time that you should, could, not should, could add something into your life to fill your life up. Because maybe there's an emptiness there that is not being addressed. And you are overthinking this thing and you're like analyzing and I got to do this and should I do this and this and that and that. And, and, and don't, again, don't change it, but go, wow, I tend to overanalyze and overthink. Is there something I could be doing for myself? Are there more things that I could be doing? And by things, I mean, forget about food and exercise. Fine, great. But crafts, art, creativity, socializing, travel, all these things that you can do. Don't try to not overthink, but just fill your time. Fill your life up. Fill your life up. And understand what it actually means to be, to have a full life. What, what, what that, in your mind, what that means to you. What, what, is it, what would it mean to me to live, to look back and say, I lived a full life? What would that mean? Does it, did, would it mean that I ate the correct proportion of protein and carbohydrates and fat? Probably not. Is my is my just my guess? Just put it out there. I don't think anybody at the end of the end of their lives goes, "Boy, I'm so glad that I focused on protein." I don't. I just don't think. I could be wrong, but maybe not. I think instead they think, "Look at all the amazing things that I did. Look what I achieved. Look at the things that I, the people that I related to and affected and 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 loved and was loved by. How great is that? What a full life that I lived." And when you understand that aspect of of your life, then all of a sudden, the things that we go to, like food and exercise, become tools to enable us to live full lives. Whoa. Then there's context. Now there's like, okay, there's a reason why most of the time I want to eat really well. There's a reason why most of the time I want to exercise. Why? Because I want to live a freaking full life. I want to do something day to day in my life that gives me this sense of joy and experience that can never be traded. It, there's substituted. There's nothing like experience that just what it is. We want that experience with other people in our own minds, all the things that we do in our lives. We, those are the things that enrich us, the words, fulfillment, enrichment. They are speaking to a fullness of your life, of, of being full to the brim with things that you do. That's incredible. How can can we feel stuck when we're not doing stuff? You bet your ass, of course we can because we have responsibilities and obligations that I talk about every week. And those keep us from doing things and hence my small steps approach to enable you to bring in a ton of different things with a very minimal time expenditure in an effort to fill your life up. And like I said last week, we have time to do this. We spend time on our phones. We spend time overanalyzing and overthinking. That is all time that, that could be used to bring in new experiences into your life in minimal ways that don't make you have to quit your job and go travel to freaking Bali. But you can do it today. But how great when you have that context when all of a sudden you want to make a move, you think because of a scale weight, but what you really know is you want to nourish yourself and feel really good and have energy to what? To freaking do things. You want to have energy to do the things that you love. I love to garden, but now I can't move because I'm, you know, carrying a lot of extra weight and I have inflammation and I'm too sore. I can't, so now you can't do the thing. So all of a sudden, like, well, what if I ate better? Could I do this thing? How great on a physical level that when we make those changes in food, our taste buds come along for the ride. So now you get all of a sudden the best of both worlds. Now you're feeling good, better, and you're also, also having the experience of enjoying what you eat. Now, again, I've said this before. I love my big freaking salads. I love them. I, I, I crave them. But I don't love them French fry love them. I'm very honest about that. I don't love, I don't love salad. It's either or. French fries or salad doesn't make any difference to me. I love them both the same. Uh, clearly, French fries win that battle every time. Uh, except that one of them also, while enjoying the salad, provides me a life that I can do the all the other things that I want to do in my life, whereas a daily dose of French fries would not. So there's your context. Exercise. I love running. 
yeah, I enjoy running. I love doing the ultra marathons and the whole thing. Uh, do I love movies sitting on a couch and watching movies more than running? Yes, I do. I'll be honest with you. I do. I love just popping on some kind of wonderful. Uh, yeah, you heard me, Bree. Some kind of wonderful. One of the best movies ever made. Uh, you and I still have not worked that out, but we'll get there in therapy. Um, but but I love both things. But the running has the added bonus of the way that I run anyway, slow and easy and not pushing myself, allows me the energy and fitness level to do other stuff. To have the clarity of thought. Yes, these things affect the way we think. It's, it's, it's part of living what it is to live a full life is doing what it takes to live a full life. That's where I see health and happiness or let's say the healthy living realm. That's where I see it mostly is a here's one of the things that you can do to enable you to do other stuff. My beef is when the healthy living realm becomes, it's a thing in and of itself. I don't think it's a thing in and of itself. I think it's, if we were in nature walking around, it would be so not, not an issue. We'd want to play, we'd have those things dialed in and we'd be moving our bodies and we'd be eating natural food because that's all there, all there was. And so we would be playing games and hanging with family just by, just by, because that's, we wouldn't be thinking about food and exercise because it'd be part of our lives to do those things. Those are dialed in. Those are survival things. We only have to think about them because of the world we live in today. So fine. But understand that when you think about them, they're not the end-all be-all. They're not the things. They can be partially that, like I love food and I love to, to run. And so it's kind of that thing. But they're also can be where you run too much or you push yourself in exercise so where you where you actually do debilitate yourself, where you eat so healthy all the time that you do debilitate yourself mentally, where you're stressed and militant and, and rigid and unhappy so you can't live a full life in, because of those things. There's a delicate balance with the healthy in the healthy living world of doing just enough to enable you to live the life that you want to live and not too much. And, and if you do not enough, also, there's the balance. You don't do enough. You can't live the life you want to live. You do too much. You can't live the life you want to live. And that balance shifts over time, sometimes day to day or week to week or month to month or year to year. That balance shifts based on you and your life and how much you want to take on and how much you are taking on and how much of those things you need to enable you to do the other things. I want your mindset and your life to be about the other things more than it is about the amount of protein in a stock of celery. I want your lives to be what you want them to be in terms of the fullness of your experience in your lives and understand that every time I talk about nutrition, it's a tool. Exercise is a tool, something you can enjoy for sure. Ideally, all the better. But don't make the mistake of of thinking that those things are things to be goals in and of themselves. They are mostly in their nature tools to enable you to live the life you want to live. That's why people go to a scale weight. Trust me, they go to achieve a scale weight because they think that hitting a number on a scale is going to what? Enable them to be happier in their lives. I just want your focus to be on the happier in your lives because then you'll do a whole bunch of stuff in your life to get you there. And that's the the diversifying nature of being a small stepper. That's the broad stroke aspect of being a small stepper, that you're not hyper-focused on one area or even two areas. You are focused on multiple areas, always day to day, in a way that says, I want to live a full life. I want to fill my life up with so much cool stuff that the negative stuff that's going to happen doesn't tank me and doesn't take me down. It is one part of a very rich life that I'm living. And therefore, it's not going to overtake me and make me miserable long term. It is going to be something that is momentary, that I have the wherewithal and mental power to address and deal with and move on from because of all the other amazing things that I do for myself, that those things don't have the power over me that they once had. And now the power I have is over me and my life and bringing in multiple area types of things to allow me to live a, a rich life that brings me joy. And because it brings me joy, brings more joy to the people in my life. And that, my friends, is the small steppers approach to your life. Dig? All right, you guys. Fill her up this week. Fill her up. 
Do you, are there places you can bring in more stuff? Are you stuck in your routine so much that you just do this and then you do this and then you do that and then you do that and you go to bed and you do the same thing pretty much every day? Well, maybe there's places to fill in. Maybe there's some cool stuff that you could do and see what happens when you do it. It's incredible and it's ongoing and it's a practice and I wish everybody well in that regard. All right, you guys. Thanks to everybody who's donated to this podcast and supported me in whatever way by sending me an email, podcast at sidgarzahillman.com to tell me how this is helping you or by subscribing to my YouTube channel or, um, or, or to this podcast or leaving me reviews uh, are huge. Got it? All right, you guys. I will be here next week for 198. My goodness, episode 200 right around the corner. I'll be here for episode 198 next week. And in the meantime, you guys can do me just a little teeny little favor if you don't mind, just to take a few minutes. Uh, Be well. This stone The only way out is to run The only way out is to bubble down This storm The only way out is to come undone The only way out is to watch it hang of everything Your mystique is tied and paper thin Tell me why this is happening When our time is finally finally meaning something This way The way you shut down It makes me scream Your silence is Unsettling This storm The only way out Is the way See, the only way out is to give you.